on, people? So you're listening to the Be Alive podcast. We have a special episode for you guys today. It is uh, with Mr. Conlon Aguirre. Mr. Conlon Aguirre uh, has had an amazing D3 football career. He was uh, named a semifinalist for the Campbell Trophy as he was a four-year starter at Hardin Simmons University in Abilene, Texas. Um, that was an award that was for one of the best scholar athletes in the nation. Um, and it was actually chosen in New York. Uh, he was just one of 33 Division Three athletes that were named to that semifinalist list. Um, I believe he's a three-time all-conference football player while he was there. Um, always a starter, four-year starter. Um, also a captain as he was there at that time. A very stand-up guy. Brought a lot of thunder to the podcast. And as you guys know, this podcast is the number one apprenticeship for the athletic mindset development career ascension education and also leadership cultivation we will be having uh conlin come back to the podcast as we start our live seminars here in the next couple of months as we start to plan that out um great leaders are hard to come by and this guy is one of them he actually serves as a football coach at abilene high school right now leading the youth uh he's doing a lot of great things he's also a strength and conditioning coach there a lot of great gems to get from Colin Aguirre, um, as well as myself, Coach Juice, a.k.a. K. Sloan. Uh, myself, Mr. Self-Care, mental health professional, always bringing the thunder. We come together, we talk about some DB mindset. So for those of y'all that play defensive back or play defensive back in football, you know it, it takes a special mindset to be a defensive back, to be a DB. Lock up, no fly zone. You dig what I'm saying? Not letting none of that trash come in. Not letting nothing get over your head. Being able to protect the long ball threat the same way in life. Protect yourself from defeating yourself, though, right? Because in life, that's the that's the difference. We transfer from athletics to life where it's, you know, you're defending yourself from anything wrong happening in your life. And we discuss some of those things with Mr. Gary, uh, myself, Coach Juice, and then my dog, Mr. Self-Care. If you guys have anything that you would like us to cover, please hit us up. Um, you can hit us up at 254-338-4391. And uh, just let us know, man, anything that you want to hear about, always follow Be A Light Podcast page at uh, Be A Light Leader on IG, um, at Be A Light 17 on Twitter, and um, we'll get back to you. You know, if you want to come be a light source and have astronomical conversations, then that's what we're all about. Please, please, please tap in with us and let us know what you guys are thinking because your feedback is what makes us better as a podcast and helps us help more people in the movement. So strap on your seatbelts, you know, get comfortable in your chair, get comfortable in your car and tap into the astronomical conversation. Be light. It's your boy, Coach Juice. Here, my boy. Mr. Selker, a.k.a. J. Jones. J. Jones. J. Jones. J. Jiggity. And uh, we got special guests today. Let him introduce himself. Yeah, I'm Conlon Aguirre. Been been knowing these boys for a minute, so I'm glad they called me up and, and got me on here. Nah, it's good to have you, bro. It's good to have you. And your fly glasses, man. And the Gatorade shirt. And the Gatorade. Hey, yeah, hey. Hey, real quick, let everybody know where they can see the uh the fashion, the, the fashion that you got on IG though. Yeah, man. If y'all want to uh, see some outfits or sneakers, follow console 
uh, just got I me mean, really just trying to spread just kind of like my little um, my little artwork, I guess you'd say, like I'm just into in this shoes and fashion and stuff. So um, it's kind of just my little getaway, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's important yeah. that we got something right. We always got to have yeah. something outside of what we're doing. And uh, right. just as a brief overview, uh, we are moving into transitioning into mindset development, cultivation of leadership and also career ascension. So that's what we're doing for uh, former, current and past athletes. That's why we're coming together on this podcast to be able to just have conversations around um, the development of those three dimensions as life goes on because the stuff we learned in athletics never really went anywhere. So we want to be able to cultivate that for ourselves and then for others. So Jay Jones, we'll let, go ahead and get this thing rocking. We're dealing with Colin here. So we finna, uh, you know what I'm saying? What we gonna lace, do? Lace the cleats up. All right, so Conlon yeah. played cornerback. Conlon. So Conlon, uh, we're going to do some cornerback stuff today, some DB stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to start off with man-to-man, which, you know, when, you, when you're when you a man-to-man, it's mano-a-mano. You, you, you're covering him. Wherever he go, you go. So, mm-hmm. so with the man-on-man, with, with our topic, we just kind of changed it into uh, when you had to basically – open up to another man, you have to talk to somebody when you, you, you know, you've been stressed out too much on your chest, you know, you're about to blow up. So you had to open up and talk to somebody, a coach, uh, you know, like a mentor or somebody. So what's the time where y'all had to open up to somebody, a man or, you know, even a woman. So. Nah, I, I want to take that first just because I feel like this is something that happened to me a lot throughout, you know, my, my career as an athlete and then also in my professional career. And what usually end up happening is uh, I'm a very uh, passionate person by nature. And it tends to come off as other things when people don't really understand where I'm coming from. And depending on, like being from Killeen, Texas, I think the way we communicate might be a little different than some of the places I've been um, where they communicate. Some people don't, you know, I get loud, right? I get loud or I get, you know what I'm saying, angry or things like that. And I remember at Montana State, bro, um, my position coach had to have a man-to-man with me uh, my freshman year, when I came in, it was during the summertime and I wasn't playing and I was upset. I was, uh, I had a lot of anger on my heart and I was just really just acting out a lot of different ways. And, uh, he actually was the one that sat me down. The first man that sat me down and told me that if you don't change your ways, he's like, you're going to, you're going to end up seeing something come of your life that you don't want. And I remember we sat there and, uh, I never really expressed to him how much I appreciated that conversation because the things he was telling me about, um, they never really left. Like it was always something that was in the back of my head, even though I never turned it around at that point. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't change my ways. I just really internalized what he was saying. And then later on, you know, in my senior, you know, junior years, I started to really take some of those things he said and um, held them close to my heart and imparted some of that wisdom on the younger kids uh, that I played with. So, um, I never really, I have it easy as far as expressing myself, Still, even to this day. Like, I don't really just sit down and just, you know what I'm saying, unload and be like, hey, man, this is what's going on with me. I probably do that with a select few men in this world. Um, probably like my pops, Jay Jones, we'd have had some conversations, uh, a couple other people, like, but it's, it's a slim group. And I think it's because the way we raised, bro, like the way we were coached, the way we raised, the way it's just like coming up, you just keep that stuff in, like you keep in most of it. You don't, you don't go expressing yourself all the time because you can come off as weak. Um, and I think sometimes you almost don't want to speak things to power. You know what I'm saying? Like some things you don't even want to say out loud. You just want to keep them in the back of your head. So maybe what you guys think about, you know, that because I know that's been my experiences. Like my experiences have been 
I've kept in most of the stuff I've dealt with for the most part, like, you know, and tried to turn it over in my own brain first before letting it out. Cause I don't want it to speak it to power. So what, which was, what, what y'all think about that? Yeah, I think, I think for me, um, I think early on I was more eager to, to open up. And I think, I think even going through like my teenage years, I, I think I was more in tune with my emotional side than, than what most men normally are. Um, and so it's kind of hard for me because, you know, you hear that old saying like, you know, it's hard for men to open up to each other or, or share emotions and things like that. But the older I've gotten and just being in the work, the work world and, and the work environment, I mean, it's definitely true. It, it's hard for men to um, to communicate uh, maybe how they're feeling. But I think I think mainly just because you kind of get to a point where some of the things that used to bother you when you were younger don't bother you so much when you're older or maybe they just get get pushed back because they're they're less less importance but um i mean I, and then as far as like like talking to somebody man to man i think you do and just dealing with kids and, and and how i grew up and so i think you do somebody a disservice if you don't if you're not honest and, and have those heart-to-heart conversations because uh, you know they're, they're not needed every day but they are needed at some point um, if you don't have those conversations then it never gets addressed and and there's no growth and, and um I mean, I can think of, I mean, there's plenty of times me and my pops, you know, butted heads and, you know, here I am 26 years old and I look back and think about some of the things he taught me and, and I'm thankful for, for the times that we butted heads. And, and I can say the same for uh, like many of my friends. I mean, cause at the time you don't want to hear, hear the honest truth. Um, but, but in the long run, it, it pays off and it, it's, it's worth it. Oh yeah. And I always say, um, I think everybody needs that mentor or that person they can open open up to, because like like you said, Carrie, when you hold it all in, hold it in, it's not like you you blow up. You get you when it comes out, it's gonna come out as aggressive. It's gonna come out as, as angry because you held it in so long. So uh, in my experience, my the person I usually I say it all the time, but I talk to my granddad probably twice a week, and then it's nothing I I had to, I never had to hold back any information from him. Even if it was bad, you know, good, anything, I can talk to him about it. So it was just uh, great to have him as a mentor because if I needed guidance, I just called him. And even if it was something stupid, you know, no, no question is a stupid question for him. So with my granddad, just that helped me open up. But I'm like you, Kerry. I don't open up to people unless I really, really trust them. So it's just a select few people I can. But uh, just having him, like, since I've been probably old enough to talk, you know, I talked to him when I needed to talk to somebody and that helped me with just, you know, mental health, uh, just not getting angry. I, I just, I feel like anytime I feel like it's too much, it's bottled up. I just call him and just let it out. So everybody needs that mentor, that person, like I say, man or woman, they can talk to just to let it out sometimes. So I found it easier too to be able to do that when I did find people that were going through what I was going through and I could relate. <clears throat> I think that was a, a, a gateway to being able to start doing that into my maturity, like kind of like you were saying, and then having somebody like that as your your grandfather is uh, Jay Jones, because like if if I can't if I can't feel like you'll relate, sometimes it's hard for me to get to that point. Like it's hard for me if I don't feel like you'll even understand it. It'll be like, why am I even gonna talk to you about it? There's no point even bringing it up because I'm talking to a wall. And yeah. I, I think sometimes we deal with the ego. You deal with the ego because a lot of times you know you dealing with. Men that may be older than you, they may have, you know, they, sometimes people use stuff against you. So I think it's important to be vulnerable because being vulnerable is real strength. 
You know what I'm saying? Where you can strip yourself and be vulnerable in front of people. I think that's when you really are being strong in the moment. But uh, yeah, man, it's a constant battle. I know I ain't the only one. And I know it's, it's I want people to know that even though you struggle with being vulnerable, you, you got to keep finding ways to kind of release yourself of the stresses that you holding on to your brain and on your heart. Because at some point, it's going to come out. And if it comes out in the wrong way, you'll find yourself littering the prison system. You'll find yourself to an early grade. You'll find yourself in an abusive relationship, things like that. That's how it comes out. So, you know, I think that's important that we do have those man to man, find men that we could communicate with. Because it's different when you communicate with another man than when you communicate with a woman. Um, it, it just is a different conversation. It really is. But uh, yeah, Jay Jones, go ahead. I'm saying we could pivot. Okay, topic two. We're still on cornerback stuff. It's still like a man to man, you know. In football, you can use the technique in man to man coverage. We call it the press coverage, getting somebody chest, get them uncomfortable. You know, so. like that. He liked that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're going to kind of put it into when somebody pushed you out your comfort zone. So we're going to use our, our press coverage as when somebody pressed you, pushed you out your comfort zone and how you combated, how you fought back, you know, got back comfortable or how it helped you, you know, being uncomfortable. Because they say, you know, it's always good to be uncomfortable sometimes. You learn, you, you te it teaches you something. So, so uh, anybody, yeah, I'll take, anybody, I'll, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, man. I mean, at the same time, you you get out of your comfort zone. Obviously, I mean, it it's I mean, it is uncomfortable, and um, but that I mean, that's where you're gonna you're gonna grow and see like real strides there. But I mean, I, there's countless countless times that that uh, I mean, that just as an athlete that you go through situations that are uncomfortable. But you know, I, I'm I'm thankful for like just my experience personally that um, you know, growing up, I was always a smaller kid and and wasn't always necessarily like the most gifted. So I kind of, I already kind of grew up as like an underdog and, and having to, um, to kind of get out of my comfort zone. So as I got into my career, I think it's helped me. But um, I think, I think for me professionally, and, and I just apply it to this now, just because it's the stage of life that I'm in. But um, it, it was a hard conversation that I had with, um, with, with Petty, whenever I was transitioning from a player to a GA or, mm. or kind of like a coach, and um, and we just we had a conversation just about you know, how to, how to address certain things in a meeting or, or whatever. And, and I felt like he was coming at me some type of way. And I, I felt uncomfortable in that situation, but um, I mean, looking back, I mean, I knew where, I knew he was coming from a good heart and, and whether like it got, it got uh, put out there the right way or not. I mean, I mean, I, I think about that and it's made me a better coach professionally, just the few conversations that we've had. And, and so I guess I'm, I'm not going into too much detail, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. uh, the situations like that. And, and it's happened to me even, even while being at Abilene high, I mean, like I got my, my degree in, in um, math education and here I am having to be a strength coach at, uh, at a six A school. Like, I mean, yeah, I've got some classes that, that we talked about stuff like that, but there's people that are certified that, that do this and get paid to do, to do that. And so I've, I've had to grow and learn. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing just in any walk of life that you're in is I mean, you've got to, you've got to continue to search and, and find, find things that push you a little bit. Cause if, if not, you just become stagnant and that's a scary place to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then in my career, going just football, I played D line. I played a little bit of offensive line sometimes, you know, in high school when they big game, they needed me to play. But in college we had, 
like five old linemen go down my junior year in, in college. And they were like, hey, anybody have experience playing guard? And uh, I didn't even raise my hand. And somebody was like, man, Jarrell, you know, you did it at Everman. So a couple games my junior year, I had to play offensive line, which I hated. I hate offense to this day. I don't like offense. But for the team, you know, needed somebody smart, somebody that can learn to play, somebody that was, you know, capable of doing it. So I did it. Um, really didn't like it. I was uncomfortable. I was like 260 playing guard in college. It wasn't, you know, ideal. You know, the the the, the old lineman I was playing with, all 315 and 6'4", mm. 6'5", I'm out there looking like a midget. So uh, <laughs> playing out there, I was real uncomfortable. I mean, I knew the plays and everything, but just playing offense wasn't my thing. So yeah. but for the, for the betterment of the team, I did it. And then in life, like you said, Con, it's just that growth. You know, sometimes at my job, something crazy happens. I, I deal with people with mental health issues and it makes me uncomfortable, but you just kind of have to find that place or find the growth or find that situation where you can learn from it and then you can teach somebody else from it too. Mm-hmm. So uh, being uncomfortable, I, I, I kind of hated it sometimes, but going through that and then, you know, in our professional lives, it kind of taught you just to fight through it, get through it and then get the job done. So. Before before you go, Kerry, I was just saying, I mean, uh, yeah, like that. The biggest thing though, like, is is you've got to, you've still got to be you. So like, anytime you're put in an uh, uncomfortable situation, you've got to find something that that you're good at and stay true to you, and then and then continue to build off of that. And I, I know that's what's helped me in, in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would agree. I'd agree because I, I've been in situations like both of y'all talking about, like you know, Jay Jones, you're talking about playing a different position when you're a player. And then kindly talking about working a job that you weren't really prepared for. You just were into the job. And then now you're into that position. It's like, hey, look, it's got to get done correctly. And right. I know I have the ability to do this job because I've done many jobs, but I'm uncomfortable. And I think when we do those types of things, it trains us to be able to do the things that we are comfortable with better. Like it's like, okay. I'm able to go out of my comfort zone and teach English language arts because I, that's what I'm teaching now. I did not go to school for that. I went to school for kinesiology, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm over here teaching dangling modifiers and, you know what I'm saying, high-end vocabulary to high school students. But the thing is, I, I have worked my butt off at a lot of different things and I know how to work. Like, I have a work capacity. So even if I'm uncomfortable doing it, I'm I'm right now, I'm sharpening my axe in regards to attacking things that I've never done before like so with with the uncomfortability bro like coming to Abilene right coming to Abilene was a very uncomfortable situation for me reason why is because I had my daughter there when I was in school like this is my junior year of college so it's 2013 I had my daughter there I had no family there I had nobody with me I just went out there because I wanted to play football I wanted to go back to school I just wanted to get as far away from clean as possible because I knew staying there I wouldn't go anywhere it was my hometown is what I was comfortable with I had to break that comfortability and go to a, a place of the unknown right so I go there and then I struggle naturally because when you start doing something you don't know how to do you're gonna not be so good at it you might suck so I struggled at first. People didn't know, but I was struggling mentally. Physically on the field, I was doing my thing. I was good at that. But off the field, it was like, okay, getting used to 
um, waking up on time, getting used to being where I need to be, where I was supposed to be there, even though I was dibbling and dabbling in my extracurricular activities outside of the field house. You know what I'm saying? And that stuff was stuff that was making me uncomfortable because I was used to being around people that basically pacified me. Being a superstar, you get you get a pass a lot of times. I didn't get that pass there. I learned how to be blue collar. And that uh, mindset ended up taking me a lot farther in life than being around people that always was like, Carrie, you know, we got you. We, you know, that I got you. You know what I'm saying? I got you because you're my boy. I ain't had no boys there. I had one guy that knew me and, and he wasn't going to give me a break. So it was like, you got to break your head against the, the, the brick. You know what I mean? You got to keep busting yourself up to kind of get yourself hard and, and get better at whatever you're not doing good at. And I think through that experience, bro, it, it really took my life to the next level because that led me to get my master's out there, led me to leaving there and being comfortable to going to El Paso where I really knew nobody but my cousin and going out there and getting my teacher certification and kind of advancing in that way and then starting this podcast with Jay Jones and doing a lot of different things. You got to do stuff that makes you uncomfortable constantly because if you don't, you don't grow. Like You got to break yourself. Like You have to get to that point where you like, man, like I'm scared a little bit. Like I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Then that's when you know you're doing something right. Like you got you got to get to that point. Jay Jones, I, I don't know if you heard him, but Gary <laughs> said he was Gary said he was a junior in 2013. So, so how he played as many years as he did at Hard Simmons, I don't know. Man, look, you know I got two years back. Tore the ACLs up. I paid for that. I paid for that. I paid for that. I paid. For that. I paid. You got. You got receipts on that. Huh? Man, I, got, I got receipts on that right there, man. I got receipts, man. Them things, they screws, literally screws in both sides of my knees, bro. But, hey, man, it, it was it was worth it, though, because at the end of the day, even, like, with the, the knee thing, man, tearing my ACLs up, bro, like, being that uncomfortable and just being just so, like, bro, like, what am I going to do in my life? At those points in my life, when I was really like, what am I going to do is when I really got the most innovative about, you know, the, the turns and the, the, the next steps I was taking. Like, I was really working my butt off to figure out what's going to be next. Once you get in that spot where you, like, you, you kind of, like, questioning everything is when you really come up with the best ideas. You know, that's when they say, like, even in the pandemic, we didn't have some of the most greatest stuff come out of the pandemic because people have been, you know, had their money taken from them, had their jobs taken from them, had... Like, Conley, you was doing, like, the workout videos. Remember, we talked about that last time you was mm-hmm. doing the workout videos with, like, rocks on your back and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> like Conan out here trying to get these kids motivated to lift weights because, bro, the pandemic really stressed everybody out. So it kind of made the leaders come to the forefront and be able to say, hey, look, this is this is the way we can do it. We could try this out. Like, that's, that's what tough times do. They make you try different stuff out. So, Man, and, I, and I'll kind of apply it to – to the position itself, you know, I have an experience play corner, but um, before I touch on that, I mean, just really as a, as a competitor, I think it's more rewarding and fulfilling whenever you go through those tough situations, those uncomfortable situations, because when you come out of those, I mean, it just, it just feels better because it's something that, that wasn't like that you didn't know how to do before. And so mm-hmm. like when you do have come out with even just the, the slightest bit of success, I mean, it's just way more rewarding and fulfilling, but, um, I mean, if you apply it, I mean, you know, just people thinking about always think about how their their sport or how they're what they're doing applies to later in life. I mean, like playing corner. I mean, when you're playing off, I mean, you've got to be perfect with your technique. I mean, I mean you just got to. But like when you're down there pressing, I mean, yeah, it's scary. And you got I mean, it takes some courage. But but honestly, like you don't have to be perfect. I mean, all you're trying to do is just 
just knock people off of timing. And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, that's the same as being in an uncomfortable situation. I mean, you, you try something, I mean, you're not going to go out there and be perfect the first time, but if you have, if you have just a little bit of success, then, you know, you might be successful with your end result at, at the end, but um, it, it's kind of crazy how it applies, man. No, real talk, real talk. I remember Kyle, you being out there, what, you five, eight, all of five, yeah. eight, five, seven out there against six, one, six, two receivers. Yeah, man, on the weekly basis. And then at practice, going against a dude that ran a 4-2-8 or whatever he ran. You know what I'm saying? So I, was, I wasn't geared for all that. But, yeah. um, I mean, it made me made me better in the long run. Yeah, man. Day in, day out, having to deal with that, you know, it, it, it'll make your mindset different. It makes you – you don't you don't see challenges the same way as somebody that's always in the comfortable situations. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that we – this new generation, you know, we – I want to preach that to them. Like, it's cool, like, to be uncomfortable for a while. Like, it's cool to take a year and take a position where, you know, you probably going to struggle, but it may be what's best for you at the time. Like, that's cool to do. It's okay because it's going to teach you things that you never would have got in that in that comfortable situation where you at right now. So, for sure. For sure, for sure. For sure, for sure. For sure, for sure. Let's go. <laughs> Next topic. Defensive touchdown. My favorite thing in the world because – I'm offense on. is supposed to score. Offense is supposed to score points. Defense is supposed to stop offense from scoring points. So when we get the ball and we score, that's that ultimate feeling. That's that that's turn up. That's, that's turn, up. turn up for real, for real. <laughs> so defensive touchdown is kind of like kind of how you kind of been talking about it. You're starting off as the underdog and you taking over and you becoming the, the big dog. So uh, I know you, like you said, you, your whole football career, you were thinking about talking about that. And, other situations in life so what's some some times where y'all was the underdog and then y'all turned out to to be the top dog the big dog real quick what's up short anecdote short story i got a short story about con about con though so con i remember when i first came in 2013 that was his freshman year and i remember how uh the group of corners they all felt some type of way because con was undersized he was a mexican corner which we ain't gonna get on that too much, but it's just it's a lot. There's a lot of black corners over there, you know. We ain't seen a lot of Mexican corners like that. He was Mexican corner, and he was knowing his job and doing his job right. And cats really felt like, you know, what I'm saying like, oh, I should be playing over him. I remember even the dorms, bro, and I used to always hear, I man, they 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 playing me. I ain't getting no PT and this and that, woo woo, whatever. And then the, all the while, I'm hurt, so I'm not really watching the games like that. I'm not really paying attention. But when I came back and um. I believe that was 2014. And I actually started watching the film, like, in practice, you know what I'm saying? Because I used to watch myself for the most part because I would try to get better. But I would watch the defense, you know, and see who was doing their job. And this cat, bro, always in position. Always in position. Always doing his job. Always staying on top of his grades. Always doing what he's supposed to do. And it was like he was literally, like, showing cats that if you don't beat yourself, right, you be good. Mm-hmm. He never beat himself. Yeah. And – Kind of let you go, but that was something I learned from cats like you, cats like uh James Place, cats like uh who else we had that was like that. We had a couple guys that was really on that on the defensive side. And I remember I used to watch y'all and I'd be like, man, like these cats don't beat themselves. Like they may not be as athletic in certain areas as some of these other guys, but what they did was 90% of the time they were where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, doing what they're supposed to do. And I was like, okay, so that's how I stay on the defense and I get myself a position to win. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm defending myself from any access BS pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So 
I'll let y'all take that from there. But yeah, I had to I had to share that con because you know what I'm saying. That, yeah, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. Real. Yeah. No, I, I think I think especially for the younger generation, I think it's hard for them to to actually understand the amount of sacrifice that goes into um getting the things that you want. Um, I mean, I'll just like honestly, I came out of high school and, and I knew I wanted to get on the field pretty early. And so um I know it, it's been hard for me just like having gone through and, and went to college in the same town I grew up in and stuff. Cause like there were people that always felt some type of way about that and felt like I was like, uh, like receiving, you know, uh, you know he's, he, yeah, special treatment. And so, yeah. um, but, the, but the thing that people didn't realize is the sacrifices I was making. I mean, like, for example, freshman year, while everybody's like away, I mean, and I, I mean, I was away from home. Like, I mean, I was in my hometown, but I wasn't like, I wasn't home. You, you know was at saying? the crib so, like that. You went at the crib yeah. like that. And so uh, for me, I mean, like I made the sacrifices that I wasn't going to go out and do all the things that other freshmen were doing. And so um, I think for them, they didn't, like a lot of people didn't understand that and see that aspect of it. Like I was even like this girl I was dating at the time, she was like tripping because I wouldn't go out to like, like the little freshman orientations and stuff. Cause I was trying to study my playbook and get on the field and, um, and so I think like that, that part of it definitely gets missed. Um, uh, just, just what it actually takes. And, and I hear coaches say this all the time, you know, it, it takes what it takes and, mm -hmm. and there's no substitute for hard work or things like that. But, um, as far as being an underdog, man, like, I mean, I just, that's just how I grew up. Uh, that's, that's how my hometown is. You know, we played six, eight foot or five, eight at the time, but, um, I mean, we were never the biggest, fastest, or strongest, or anything like that. And we just were scrappy, and and like you already touched on, blue collar. And, and the biggest thing, like, I can't really speak offensively, but for sure defensively, is is you, you got to be consistent, man. And, and if you're consistent and you're disciplined, then you give yourself a chance. And and what it boils down to, with you know whatever you're doing in life, it's like, I mean, you you've got to you've got to take care of of the things that you need to take care of, and not worry about what everyone else is doing or saying or things like that because ultimately you want to leave your job in the in the hands of someone saying like like man I don't want to take it away from him because I mean he's shown every he or she's shown every every reason for me to to not take it away from him and and honestly that's kind of how I was raised like my pops laid out options and, and things like that and he was just like you know you can choose this or you can choose that but these are going to be the options and so um I mean I, I was able to to learn from an early age how to make decisions and, and make hopefully correct decisions. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, just for me, it boils down to just sacrifices and, and, um, and it's not always going to be, you know, rainbows and, and everything that you're looking for, but you just, you got to go through it. Thanks. And what I can say about that, like in like football, we always talk about football, but when you get past football, you're working at a job, and your boss can trust you, you know, mm -hmm. you're gonna get the job done, you're gonna be the person mm -hmm. they look to 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 you know give that promotion or give that extra job to give that mm -hmm. extra money, you know. So in life, like we talk about the young generation, everything doesn't come instant. It's like social media and, and TikTok and all that, they think you can get famous tomorrow, which you can, but everybody can't. So some people, I mean, a lot of the the older people, the OGs now, we put in the work to get where we at, and you know. <laughs> so y'all just put in the work and be consistent like Khan said we're talking about football we're talking about life you want to be the person that they look for to look to to get that extra that that, that project done that mm -hmm. job done that promotion so 
Khan being consistent like that. And like I said, I was at Harden Simmons for three years and I just watched Conlon and even even when we used to go out and party, man, Khan was always the one like, I'm good, you know, I'll drive. <laughs> I ain't doing all that crazy stuff. He was a consistent person. He was who he was. He didn't let anybody change him. So I respect that. So that's that's my that's like cents. the uh, I can't remember what song it is, but Obama's has, has like a speech or whatever. They put a little excerpt on it. And he's like, you know, we can't tell all of our, all of our kids to aspire to be LeBron James or Little Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, those, are, those are select few. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that's what that's what kids don't realize with as much information they have at their hands is they see all these all these people all over social media and they think that they can be them. But um, I mean, man, there's just a, there's just a lot of behind the scenes thing. And that and as far as coaching, like that's the hardest thing to tell kids. Mm-hmm. It's like it kills me when they whenever like summer gets here. And I, I'll go two months without seeing a kid, and he shows up back up for fall, and it's like, dude, you don't realize <laughs> you don't realize the sacrifices that it takes. But they- what's up? It's your boy Jay Jones from BLI Podcast. We just wanted to thank y'all for tapping in episode after episode to the astronomical conversations we've been having. If you didn't know. You can catch us every Monday at 8 p.m. Hopefully you are enjoying the content that we put out. And if you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can shoot us a DM or even text us at 817-938-5047. And we'll get right back to you and see if we can link up and make some great content together. Once again, thank y'all for everything. And hey, be a light. And they're you know they're gonna be hot in the fall when they're not playing you know always yeah, always <laughs> now we in the instant gratification era this this era everything they want is like right now and in reality nothing happens instantly like even things that appear to be instant or were built whether you were noticing it or not and i think uh <clears throat> like i i think i was listening to somebody tell me I don't remember who it was. It might have been a teacher. We had a conversation and she's talking about Tiger Woods and how Tiger Woods had been working to become who he became in golfing from like age like eight or seven or something like that from the mm-hmm. documentary they were showing. And it's like that much time. So he he took that much time to train until he was like 18 when he won his first championship, I believe. And it's like people just see when he was 18, he won that championship. So they're like, man, he's a phenom. But in reality, look at how many years of experience that he had to that point. It's like, so for us to sit here and say we watching these people that's blowing up on TV, TikTok, whatever they doing. And we like, oh, man, like I could be that, you know, like you saying, these kids thinking I could be Miss Lil Wayne, LeBron James, even those people like the time they put in before that, you didn't see it. You did not see it. You were not present for that time. We are consistent in something, you know, like we we the consistent and doing the things that we want to do, like we're consistently making steps towards that goal we want. Or we consistently making steps away from the goal we want. You know what I'm saying? We like you, you may think that, man, I just ended up down the wrong road, but bro, you've been taking steps for the last 15 years this way. Like you got there finally. Now you finally reached the summit where the rubber met the road and you in the wrong place. Now you mad. Like, don't show up to the summer to after summer workouts, first day of fall camp, think you about to get your pads when the other guy had been here all summer. He know all the plays. He know exactly what I want from him. And you're just going to show up and start over him because you played last year? Nah, bro. Like, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to get that work in. And um, that's what these kids need to understand because, I mean, for us, it's 
I know for, for sure a lot of black and brown kids are thinking that they're going to hit big just off of something quick, and it ain't like that, bro. It ain't like that. Like, you, you're not, you not going to be an entertainer or a super mega sports star uh, based on the numbers. Like, you may have to get a real career. And you may have to really build a framework for yourself through your academics. You know, like, really take the time to take this stuff seriously you learn in school. When you go to college, actually pay attention to your classes. Like, that's important. If you work a job, really take skills from your job that you can apply to your life. You know, that's that's the most important stuff we need to make sure we're not wasting our time because time is the only asset we really got. Like this cash and stuff like that people making, it ain't really like the time that you spending. Like we spending so much time, bro, like doing different things. And if we don't have a real goal, it's like, like, what are you what are you doing with your time, bro? What are you what are you really doing with this time? That's what I feel like this consistency and just kind of playing defense in a way in life and then being able to win. It's like using your time to defend yourself against, like I said, stuff that you don't want. Like suffocate the stuff that you don't want in your life and then your life will change for the better. And then eventually you get that opportunity and then it'll look like you became an overnight success. When in reality, you just defended yourself against everything you didn't want. You know what I'm saying? You you shut all those doors and you built the barrier and kept out all of that, you know, stuff that comes from partying, getting DUIs, getting girls pregnant getting on drugs, like you kept all that stuff out because you built the barrier, you know? I didn't understand that till late though. And I wish, I really wish I'd have got it earlier because I was talented, but my talent couldn't get past my stupidness. <laughs> for this, for, you know what I mean? I was beating myself. I was beating myself. So that's something I really would have wanted to impart on the younger generation for sure. But in that I was they, they need to know that there's no shame in, in having a, a everyday job. I mean, like, I mean, really all it boils down to, man, is you, I mean, you can't count your days. You got to make your days count. And, and that's the thing that like kids don't, they just want that, that fast money, like right now. And, and like, I was talking to my mom and dad about the other day. I was like, man, how do all these young couples that are like just married, they live in these like really nice houses and all that stuff. And, but then they put themselves in bad situations and, and not everybody, but some people it put happens. themselves in bad, bad situations financially just so that they can kind of keep up with the Joneses kind of deal. But, um yeah man and then and i I was just gonna touch on this real quick like i feel like there's a lot of negativity with social media as far as like kids and and instant gratification things like that and i always try to flip things because since i've been a coach and i'm like man kids respond when you when you address things in a positive manner and and uh the social media aspect like the, the crazy thing about it is okay you think about like jordan and and um you know guys like you know the, the cowboys in the 90s you know the people that were just prominent mike tyson mm-hmm. people that were prominent when social media wasn't so big i mean we didn't have behind the scenes stuff where we could see them work and and now we have I mean, we're able to get on instagram and see odell beckham putting in work and so i think i think the positive part of social media is i can pull my phone out and my my players know like, oh, Coach Gary's in charge of the social media, like the Twitter accounts and stuff. So if he's recording, that might end up on, on social media. So now they're like they're willing to train harder and, and push themselves a little bit more. And so, I mean, that's stuff that, that we never had to have. We All we had to have was a coach tell us straight up, like, hey, this is what it takes. Whereas mm-hmm. these kids, like, they respond better to, to knowing that all their peers are going to see something. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it is a powerful tool, and it can be used for positivity as well. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I want to add to that, though. I want to add to that. So with that, with that being said, I agree. 
that that is dope that we can do that now because I think mm-hmm. now we can actually give a full story behind you know what it looks like to be putting that work in now, and mm-hmm. I think that's an important step of kind of building that confidence within us. But as as long as and you know this kind because you this type of guy, as long as you need extrinsic things to motivate you, you gonna run into a you gonna run into a wall at some point. Absolutely, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. As long as you need extrinsic things because what happens when you get to uh, middle of nowhere, Kansas, you go to school and they don't got no social media presence. You know what I'm saying? Once you right. go to college and you got to go to this NAI school, Bethany, let's say Bethany, Kansas, and you got this NAI school, they don't got nothing and you still got to work. Like you still going to have to go out there and work. You better go out there and put that work in and you better find that inner whoever's, whatever is your why. Like hold on to that and run with that thing until the wheels fall off. You know what I'm saying? Because that's going to be the thing. Like, my daughter was that thing for me. You know, I had a kid, and I think that was a blessing for me early in my life. As long as much hardship as I went through from having a kid early in my life, that was the biggest blessing because of the fact that when people were willing to stop doing something, they were willing to cut off training early, they were willing to go home from the library, you know what I'm saying, like an hour before, we really said we are going to go home and stuff like that, I wasn't leaving. Like, I wasn't, because I was like, my daughter's, two years old right now you know what I'm saying she 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 need this this and this like i gotta make this happen and i'm willing to put in some crazy hours and make it happen and and we gotta find that why you know though social media though is beautiful to be able to kind of jump start us it's like that energy drink right you drink that bang and you turned up but then once that once that bang start wearing off about 12 o'clock you might need another one or you're gonna have to figure out what's really driving you you know what i'm saying like i i, I feel like I love the things that help us, right? The things that outside we can add to us to drive us forward. But that why is the that's the ultimate driver. That's the that's the motor. Whether that be and it should be God too, you know what I'm saying? Depending on your belief system, God should be helping that as well. But yeah, bro, I just wanted to add to that because I, I do I do like social media for that though. I think it, it helps I us know, document, you know what I'm saying? Like we we on social media, so we we document in the process. Document the process it helps it helps people it really does. And that, I got that's, a real, that's, no, go ahead, Jay Jones. No, 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 because mine mine gonna be fun. you go ahead. <laughs> I was just I was just saying that that's the impact that I've won like wanted to leave with our our kids as they go through our program is over a four year period. Like I hope they win win games. I hope they get stronger, faster, all that good stuff. But but my goal is when they leave and they come back or they think back about their time that they're like. Like, damn, I really learned I really learned how to approach work, whether that be, you know, what type of whatever type of work it is. I, I know how to go and approach work because my coach showed me that you've got to be here every day. You've got to be consistent and there are no shortcuts. I mean, it mm-hmm. takes what it takes. And so that's that's been the beauty of it as, as I go on year four in the same program is now I'm seeing these kids as seniors and and they're I mean, they're a governing governing body governing body themselves like. Um, they don't need me anymore. You know what I'm saying? They're able to, they're able to take over and be like, and almost like, Hey coach, like we got this, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, and, and it's crazy. Like you can, you can just throw out a drill and throw out something that they've never done before. And they're ready to jump, jump, go from the jump. And, and they're like, let's get it. Like they're, they they approach work differently than they did when they first got on campus. Uh, I was just going to talk about, uh, college football real quick because I know you got to get a haircut carry but uh this guy down this this guy Mr. Mr. Conlon he and I we don't get along in October for this one game you know 
So how you feel about the? I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm, you know, I'm Texas Longhorns till I go. But y'all looking real strong this year, man. Especially Rattler and, and the, the defense looking nice. You think y'all yeah. gonna win that Natty this year? Y'all got a team. We got a squad. Man, a lot of that stuff goes with luck. I mean, you can have all the time, but you also got to be lucky too. And so they got to stay healthy. But I don't know, man. It's just I've been waiting since 2000 to win a national championship. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Sound like a, a Cowboys fan that you know every year. Year. Uh, hey, I mean, every every year is our year. You hear that? So I mean, I don't want to say that, but I I think I think they have a chance to be good, really good, but. You just never know, man. You never know. Are y'all gonna play defense this year? That's a real question. No, they play defense. We, we've been playing defense. They right. play defense. They, they so nice. Don't, so don't don't start this, this, this little. Uh, I'm just hey, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just asking, bro. I'm just making now, sure y'all gonna play defense this year. That's all I'm asking. That's it. Now, when we move to that other conference, we better play some real, real, real defense. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, long going, we gonna surprise y'all this year, Conley. Y'all gonna go whatever and what thirteen and one, let twelve and one. I hope y'all <laughs> call it face. <laughs> no, I think I like Sark though. I think he's gonna do some good things, but it's just man, there's like like the thing about restructuring or rebuilding a program. There's just a lot of other outside factors that just go into it than than just getting athletes on campus and winning games. So, I mean, I feel for Texas because like Texas was up there for a while, and, and it's just been a minute since they've been like. Just like a prominent force in college football, and that I mean, that just doesn't make for the Big Twelve being exciting. Like whenever there's not any competition as far as like who's going to win the Big Twelve. I got an outside hot take. I got an outside hot take. It's because they in Austin, bro. Austin two turn six street right there. Nah. Kids can't stay focused. Oh uh, yeah, but I think it's just Oklahoma. oh yeah. Look- the wrong oh. quarterback. They've been recruiting the wrong. It's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But yeah, it, that Sixth Street is a part of it. But Sark gonna get us right next year. If we don't win this year, we gonna win. We need to win a Big Twelve championship before we go to the SEC. I don't know how long that's gonna take. But God, we need to, is that gonna happen? <laughs> not not this year. Not <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, we got we got our take on the UTOU. We're going to see for the Red River shootout what goes down with that right there. I don't know. I don't know, UT. I don't know. But uh, And, and, I, and I, I work too hard for my money to bet, so don't even <laughs> ask me about betting, betting me on anything. I mean, he don't believe in them. Y'all, y'all get That's not true. That is what it means. Put your money while your mouth is. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, We're going to bet. Oh, we'll bet something. For a living, I put, I put my money on 14, 15, 16-year-olds. I don't need to do it again. Hey, no, nah, don't don't do I'll it. Be. Don't do it. We'll put we'll do a hat or something, or or like I did. Gary, I made Garrett wear like a shirt or something. We'll do something oh, like yeah. that. He was he was hot yeah. when he had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it's it's been a good one, Con. We appreciate you, brother. It's been it's been a blessing to have you on as usual. This time we actually gonna get this one posted for Zoe <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> but uh, hey, Con, where you just let everybody know your IG, uh, you got Twitter. If you got anything you want people to follow you on, anything like that, let them know what we got. Yeah, so uh, as far as like my football type stuff or just my coaching stuff, I, uh, you can just follow um, at Conlon underscore Gary on IG. And then, like I said, uh, that little outfit page is console, uh, Con under, underscore soul. And then my Twitter is uh, – I think my Twitter is Conlon underscore Gary also. But, I mean, I got a unique name. So, if you just search it, you'll find it. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then make sure y'all also like and subscribe to the podcast, man. Give us give us some feedback so we can know what you want to hear because we're trying to be able to give out better content. But, uh, hey, man, we out.